0: I just want to point out the entire sports section was basically about men's genitalia. It kind of was. Yeah. It's Friday, February 21st, 2020, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Molly Quell, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and person who is outraged at Duolingo. With me today is Gordon Derrick, my fellow Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Hayseed Porn Lover. Our fellow co-host, <laughs> Paul Peters isn't here today because he's arguing with the bot on Twitter. He's arguing with the bot. Well, he's always arguing he's with always the bot. He's
1: always arguing with the bot. It's true. Yeah, what, what, yeah. Uh, one bot in particular. One bot in particular. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, if you... Uh, if you follow Paul on Twitter or yeah. really any of us on Twitter you are, you are familiar with You're familiar the, with,
1: with realist bot, realist yeah, bot yeah. and
0: the uh, and the high quality Twitter content that RealistBot bot produces. indeed. although
1: if, uh, according to the uh, the bot checkers, RealistBot bot is not a bot. it's not a bot. Yeah, it's it, a
0: real like sort of turing <laughs> test kind of question his, yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, you were. <laughs> Going on
1: about hayseed porn. I'm not sure <laughs> like, that I was really loving it that much. Uh, so somehow we got into a discussion about the Archers. I don't. I don't a even know what happened. Famous British radio soap opera. Yeah. Um, that you've probably heard of, but don't really know anything about. No, know yeah. nothing about. Yeah. Um, it happened yeah. in
0: the Dutch News WhatsApp group, and there was just, it like, is. 50 messages, and I opened this up, yeah. and was like, it was I don't discussion. know what any of these British people are talking about, yeah. like,
1: just TLDR. Yeah, the, the Archers are one of these very divisive um, British institutions, like Marmite, that you either love or hate. Okay. Um, yeah like and, Boris
0: uh, Johnson. Like Brexit. N- n-
1: well, I don't know. The, <laughs> there's not much uh, division on that. There's increasingly less division on that now. Everyone just hates it. But, That's fair. Um, yeah, the, the, the Archers uh, was, was legendarily referred to in one radio review, I remember, as Hayseed Porn, which I thought was right on the button.
0: What is Hay? Se- There's like literally like the seeds <laughs> like, of hay. Like no,
1: no hay seeds, as in uh, you know country bumpkins. Oh, kind of yeah. gotcha. Because yeah. that's okay. what it's about, it's like So, so
0: it's the... like the British version of Egbert
1: Probably. Yeah. Well, no, not really, because it's, it's people. It's the British
0: actually... version of Frau.
1: Not even that. No, no, really, no. It's just a soap opera, just about oh, people okay. living in the countryside. Yeah. It's not.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, I don't know, flying doctors or something, but without any planes or doctors. Yeah. It's
0: I don't know what any of these words (laughs) mean, but I trust that our British listeners are going to find this bit hysterical.
1: Yeah. Um, And uh, what's your with Duolingo this
0: week. This week it taught me how to say um, I have slept with mice <laughs> which I felt it very very uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: in, in old Amsterdam maybe, I
0: don't know. So. And yeah. I sort of interpreted this as a weird bestiality thing and then you made like a godfather joke about like which I was like I guess a, a sleeping Sleep with, with, the with the fishes. fishes reference. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if Duolingo is encouraging me to engage in illegal sexual activities or uh, threatening or to kill assassination, me. Yeah, 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 one or the other.
1: Yeah, either way, it's not good news, is it? Really? No, no.
0: Paul's not here, but no. he did. He did send us an OPF of the week. Are he you going to read it? I think yeah. it's your turn. Go I'll read it.
1: it. So this week's OPF comes from Zefinar. Where, Where is uh, it Must south. be somewhere in the south. south. Yeah, somewhere south, as we'll uh, reveal shortly. Uh, anyway, in Zefinar, a public primary school announced it's going to stop using the word canafel. Uh, and instead, name it for clade faced or "costumed festival." This is when uh, Dutch people who live south of the rivers all get drunk in silly costumes um, in the name of uh, a religious festival they've all forgotten about. Yes. Yeah. Um, Carnaval is celebrated predominantly in the southern provinces and includes sparkly costumes, big parades, and most importantly, heavy drinking. Yeah. It's originally a Roman Catholic celebration, uh, all tied up with Lent and uh, Easter, I believe. That's right. Uh, and its name comes from Latin "carnavale," which means farewell to meat. Uh, It is, of course, also related to Carnival, the uh, word you get in English and other languages as well. It takes place ahead of the six-week period uh, of Lent, and it's because of this religious uh, background that the Carousel Primary School decided to change the name. Uh, They said, this is a public primary school where we don't follow any religion. We do want to take part of the celebrations, but we will give it another name. The announcement immediately led to lots and lots of ophef in the same way that any other cha- name change to do with any Dutch tradition uh, inevitably does, such as Hema changing the name of Moorkoppen to Schokaladebel. Uh, Rob De La, chair of the Brabant Carnival Federation, responded to the news, saying, "It's true, carnival has a Roman Catholic origin. The festival has been secularized a very long time ago. Who in their right mind is still linking it to religion?"
0: You know, I never thought I would agree with the chairperson of the <laughs> Brabant Carnival Federation, but yeah. I feel like he's got a solid point here. I think he kind of has. Yeah, it's basically just like. I didn't, I mean, I no. guess you know that it has to be a religious tradition, but, yeah, like, you but don't they, think of it as being a religious you holiday. You don't really
1: see any kind of big religious overtones, do you? given that uh, it's mainly about getting drunk?
0: Yeah, and wearing yeah. a stupid costume. Yeah,
1: exactly. Neither of which features in the Bible. I no. I Jesus did out of those mm. Well, he got drunk. There was, a lot, drunking. There was, a, lot there was a lot of drinking. Yeah, there was a lot of drinking. There was a lot of wine. There was a lot in of offense. water being turned into wine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Neat trick. But yeah, so anyway, this is causing massive opposition on social this media. This is like yeah, up central. People are interfering with tradition. Of course. Yes. Can't have that. No.
0: Can't have any interference with tradition. Yeah. This week, we've got an update on everyone's favorite pandemic, what happened with everyone's favorite government ministry, and what the plan is for everyone's favorite section of Amsterdam. In the discussion, we talk about everyone's favorite trade agreement. You mean your favorite trade agreement? My favorite trade agreement. I think all trade agreements are my favorite (laughs) trade agreement. But this (laughs) is the trade agreement du jour, so that's my current favorite.
1: This is the creme de la creme of trade agreements. It's the creme de la creme of trade agreements. The Immigration Service, END, is investigating how it managed to breach the privacy of British citizens living in the Netherlands not once but twice.
0: Go big or go home. <laughs> I guess.
1: The END sent out a letter at the end of January to all registered Britons explaining their migration status now that the UK has agreed a deal and a transition period with the European Union ahead of Brexit. Around 7,000 of the letters had incomplete address details, mainly for people who live in blocks of flats or have a letter in their house address, and that means they may not have arrived. So, the ENDA sent out a second batch of letters to everyone affected, explaining the situation and the fact that it had been reported as a data breach. They also included a copy of the original letter. Unfortunately, a number of these original letters ended up in the wrong envelope, so people's names, addresses and migration details were sent to an entirely different person. The e says it's looking into what went wrong and advises anyone who has sent the wrong person's letter to return it.
0: This is you know we say this is one of these things where like oh it happened to other people yeah. but like literally every <laughs> British person I know has had this happen to them and a bunch of non-British people really yeah because okay. I got an email from an American listener who was ah. like I got a letter that was like about this <laughs> That's to a
1: British person one That's of our
0: Dutch stuff. news colleagues got a letter that was addressed to the wrong yeah, person
1: indeed I didn't to be honest I didn't get the other person's letter although maybe someone else has got mine now I maybe somebody's got yours you yeah. don't know no
0: So, exactly how many cases of this uh, have there been?
1: Uh, Well, Dutch News is aware of around 30 cases. Uh, The year haven't given an official figure, Um, and it's uh, mainly because either people have been in touch directly or they've posted information on social media. One of them is, as you say, our colleague, Deborah Nichols-Lee, who received a letter meant for somebody living in Utrecht. And she said, ironically, this letter represented a far greater breach of privacy than the previous one, as my second letter had clearly gone to someone else. And she added, uh, I'm not angry or worried about the letter mix-up, but uh, I do think the data breach suggests the EMDA is struggling to cope with the workload created by Brexit. Um, but to prioritize uh, a Brexiteer, Colin, on Twitter, this is not the super-efficient bureaucratic society we emigrated for.
0: That tweet was ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, funny. This is the
1: guy who was queuing at Schiphol Airport. I and said, "This is not the Brexit I voted for, even though it was quite clearly the Brexit." This is quite clearly the Brexit for. you voted for,
0: Colin. <laughs> uh, but it's not the Brexit that Deborah Nichols Lee voted for, no, and because sh- she didn't vote for it. She, I well, don't hopefully think, not, and uh, not that we're aware of. No. Um, if you did happen to get a letter that was addressed to somebody else, or if your letter has gone missing, uh, drop yeah. an email to editor at dutchnews. <laughs> we are we are curious to hear from people. We've been sort of collecting their stories and uh, we will
1: not forward your email to another expat we will not not no we won't send it to anybody actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) actually i someone had emailed me to be like hey i got this letter like do you know anything about this and i asked them before i passed it on to our editor who was working on a story about this and they were like funny enough you managed to have protect my privacy (laughs) more than the immigration service has quite astonishing we're here for you yeah The highest Dutch administrative court has ruled that Dutch nationality law, which says Dutch dual nationals will lose their Dutch passports if they've lived outside of the European Union for at least 10 years, could be in conflict with European law. The Council of State, which is following a decision handed down by the European Court of Justice, said that the automatic loss of Dutch nationality needs to be assessed on a case-by-case basis. The European Court did not rule that the Dutch process is illegal, but it did say it should be proportional. In other words, compelling individual circumstances should be taken into account, considering that the loss of Dutch nationality also entails the loss of EU citizenship. The case focused on six people who had lost their Dutch nationality because of the 10-year rule. In response, organizations representing Dutch expats in Britain and abroad have urged the Senate to press ahead with a vote on legislation which would give tens of thousands of Dutch nationals in the UK the right to dual nationality if Britain and the EU failed to agree to a Brexit deal. That law, which has been passed by the Lower House of Parliament, will make it possible for Dutch nationals living in Britain to apply for dual nationality without giving up their Dutch passports in some cases.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of been put on hold because there is a uh, provisional deal and a transition period, but that could still fall through because we'll get a hard Brexit, which will make life difficult for Dutch people living in Britain. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what's the status uh, right now?
0: Well, currently, Dutch dual nationals can lose their Dutch passports if they lived outside the European Union for 10 years. The Dutch government can't render anybody stateless. So this only applies to dual passport yeah. holders, not just like a Dutch person who moves somewhere else who mm. only gets one passport. Dutch people also can't opt into another passport without surrendering their Dutch passport, just like foreigners here can't opt into a Dutch passport without giving up their passport of origin. There are a few exceptions, such as if you marry a Dutch citizen or if you're born into it if both of your, if your parents come from two separate nationalities.
1: Yeah. But uh, it's kind of interesting the council state here has said that uh, you, your loss of your European citizenship is kind of a fact that needs to be taken in yep. because uh, uh, as well as just uh, you know the consequence of, of not being Dutch anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so it'll be uh, interesting to see how it all plays out.
1: Indeed. 15 Dutch nationals and two of their partners who were quarantined after being flown home from the Chinese city of Wuhan have been declared free of coronavirus. The group were given the option of spending the two-week quarantine period at home or staying on a military barracks in Eindhoven. They had to adhere to strict conditions, such as staying at least two metres away from other people and wearing face masks when they went to the bathroom five dutch passengers on board the diamond princess cruise ship which has been hit by the coronavirus crisis have also been allowed to return home after they tested negative for the disease the dutch foreign ministry said on wednesday
0: so is everybody clear of a coronavirus or (laughs) covid19 as the cool kids are calling it these days or
1: indeed the officials uh, who've now the chinese officials have called it covid19 yeah everybody's calling it yeah covid19 yeah except uh, all the media who still call it coronavirus yeah it's hard it's hard to change change is difficult it is um quite, because there's still a smaller group of six people who arrived on February the 9th, so they have a couple of days quarantine still to work through. Uh, also, 29 Dutch people are thought to be on board the Vesterdam Cruise Liner, which is burst in Cambodia, with 233 passengers and 747 crews still on board. That's a big
0: proportion of passengers to well, crew. Left. They
1: started off with more passengers, okay. most of the passengers, because a lot of passengers got off the ship before they realised that, that there, was there was coronavirus on board, yeah, yeah. which is another problem.
0: Oops. And an
1: unknown number of Dutch citizens opted to stay in Wuhan and sit out the epidemic there because they didn't want the disruption to their lives.
0: The RIVM did not test for coronavirus, which has raised a few eyebrows and also like incessantly annoying comments on Facebook and Twitter. So what is the deal with that, Yeah, by people who sort of assume they know better. Of uh, course.
1: Other countries like France and the UK have been uh, testing people for coronavirus, but the Dutch Infectious Disease Control Service said the test wasn't reliable Uh, because they said quarantine is more effective uh, because the average incubation period is five to six days uh, with exceptional cases of up to 11 days. So if you keep people isolated for 14 days and they don't have any symptoms you know for certain they don't have the virus
0: sounds like very uh
1: sounds pretty sensible and sounds really. very dutch They're very dutch yeah very the test probably costs money exactly so why spend yeah. money you yeah, do why spend to. money on a test when you can just tell keep people lock to live, people up in their houses for 14 for days two weeks sounds like the dutch much more efficient
0: A special room rental complex for prostitutes or a quote, erotic center complete with prostitution, sex theaters and other facilities is one of the two most likely options on the table to reduce tourism in Amsterdam's red light district and improve the safety of sex workers. That's according to a new report drawn up by Amsterdam city officials. The aim is not to replace prostitution in the red light district, but open the door to alternative locations so sex workers can relocate if they feel more comfortable five different scenarios have been looked at and discussed with locals sex workers and other experts officials have now concluded that the room rental complex described as a prostitution hotel or my personal favorite (laughs) erotic center center. would be the best way of helping both sex workers and encouraging tourists to visit so reducing pressure in the red light district itself i was making jokes about something being called an erotic center on twitter and somebody pointed out to me that there's a prince song called erotic city (laughs) which i feel like we should change the name of the complex to erotic Erotic city City. and then that the theme song
1: definitely is this going to be in the red light district or somewhere else
0: it's supposed to be somewhere else right um the report goes on to describe the hotel as having a high quality interior with a large glass roof for daylight or looking at the stars who's
1: going to be looking at the stars not a
0: clue (laughs) all the rooms would open onto a plaza which has proper yet intimate lighting the report states the new development would not be placed in a far away industrial estate that was one of the first things that people yeah. had discussed but should be far away from the areas which are too busy at the present and a location close to the Nordsoud metro link would add an added advantage right. the, uh, the official report I'm said. sure it would
1: uh, certainly uh, boost the number of people traveling on the Nordsoud metro line uh, for sure it, this would be the new euphemism the wouldn't it I'm, I'm traveling Nord <laughs> tonight I'm traveling Nord Nordsoud <laughs> tonight yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, So why are we talking about this again? Mayor Femke Hausmann said last July that she would take drastic steps to reduce the pressure of tourism in the Red Light District and stop sex workers from being harassed by hordes of visitors. The mayor said the city had created a, quote, many-headed monster in the Wallen District by not tackling the growing numbers of problems caused by noisy, drunken mostly British guide parties <laughs> and guided tour groups uh, tours have also been banned in the Red yeah. Light District ahead of this uh, yeah. summer season So
1: I, I expected you to get your British tourist jibe in there and I was not disappointed
0: no no come on uh, <laughs> the problem in the Red Light District is, is you people it, it's
1: people with uh, Union Jack hats exactly uh, I, I can't I can't deny and what has the reaction been so far?
0: Well, mostly positive, uh, except for one large contingent. Officials have pointed out that there are still major obstacles to come. Quote, the mayor has made a good effort to take the discussion on, said Day councillor Don Weinarts. However, the likely effect of the plans on the red light district itself remain, quote, vague. Reducing the pressure there and improvements for sex workers must be paramount, he went on. The research does state that most prostitutes currently working in the red light district want to remain there. Quote, we feel safe in the Vala and we don't want to work in such a hotel, said Mm. Felicia Anna of the prostitutes lobby group Red Light United. She told that to the parole. Counselors are due to discuss the proposals in March so yeah. I guess we'll see what happens
1: yeah so it's the old kind of um, tension basically between the prostitutes like where they are they don't want to move and uh, the rest of the, but the council say you need to move because yeah. it's not the red light just become a bit of a bit, a of, a trap, issue, bit yeah. of a hot button issue and, uh, it's unclear
0: to me what exactly you would do like there's some cities in Germany which have red light districts that are basically like barricaded off and that you can't mm. like get into but of course like people live in the red light yeah, district yeah and also
1: I guess uh, there's a whole issue of you know people who work in the red light district have got to be able to get to and from work safely Yeah. And if if you're, if you're walking through, you know, back streets at two in the morning, that's yeah. not a good thing to be doing. No. So I'm just, Especially I'm not super clear
0: own. what a better. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's a good sign that the sex workers' union seems to be opposed to the plans. But I haven't personally seen anything that seems like it's presenting an alternative that seems reasonable to me. So, so I guess we will see what happens like, and update you in March.
1: As expected, the Netherlands finished on top of the medal table at the World Speed Skating Championships in Salt Lake City, maintaining a run that dates back to 2002. But they didn't have it all their own way. Irene Wust won her 21st world title at the age of 33 in the 1500 meters, while Jutta Leerdam took gold in the 1000 meters. In the men's events, Kjeld Naus won the 1500 meters, and Jorrit Bersma bagged a surprise gold in the mass start. But Sven Kramer was edged out by Canada's Ted Jan Blumen, who didn't, doesn't sound very Canadian, that because like he was actually born in Fowler, yeah. in the men's 5,000 metres, and Esme Fisser had to settle for bronze in the women's race, as the gold and silver medalists both broke the old world record. Altogether, the Dutch went home with seven gold medals, five silvers, and two bronzes.
0: There was some uh, sports fashion news, Gordon, was there not?
1: Uh, yes, uh, Kjeld Naus had some particularly eye-catching attire, uh, because when he stripped down to celebrate his victory, he pulled the zip down a little too far and revealed he was wearing a distinctive brand of boxer shorts made in Scotland.
0: Wow, Scottish boxer <laughs> shorts. Scottish boxer
1: shorts, yeah. Interesting. They're the, they're the secret to success. They go by the very Scottish name of Boar Bags. That
0: sounds... Uh... Sounds vulgar (laughs) Sounds
1: vulgarly Scottish Yeah it is typically uh, Appropriately Scottish It's slang for What the Dutch call Your zakje, And uh, English people Refer to as your bollocks He said he was wearing them For charity And uh, it wasn't Deliberate product placement In fact when Dutch journalists Phoned up Borbag's Headquarters in Scotland The manager Colin Reid Said he'd never heard Of the skater (laughs) But if they passed on His name and address They'd be happy to send him A few more pairs
0: Oh that's super cute That's really nice
1: (laughs) I'd just like to say, in case Colin Reid is listening to this podcast, that board bag pants are extremely comfortable, and my cycling times from the Hay to Delft improved dramatically since I started wearing them.
0: I did not need to know that. <laughs> and we're going to move on to football news, which I hope has something to do with Dick Advocat.
1: We're recording on Thursday, so we don't know the results of Ajax and AZ's European matches, but in the Eredivisie, Ajax have a six-point lead now, after beating RKZ Warwijk 3-0 at the weekend, while AZ slumped to a 2-0 defeat at FC Twente. Coach Ari Slot said it was his team's worst performance of the season, and it it means AZ are now just four points ahead of the form team in the Dutch League, which is Feyenoord, managed by... Dick Advocat. Dick Advocat. Our yeah. favourite Dick lawyer. Yeah. Go go, Dick. They're also in the semi-finals of the Cup, so they could very well end the season with either a trophy or a European Champions League qualifying place or both.
0: A father and son from Zondam, of all places, are accused of fraudulently exporting parrots by dyeing their feathers and beaks different colors and falsifying paperwork. They are now facing a 7,500 euro fine and a year in prison, respectively. That's all according to the NOS. The public prosecutor said the pair, who trade in exotic birds, had been flouting export rules for years, particularly when it came to health tests and certificates. The paperwork is necessary, officials say, to protect countries against bird flu, virulent Newcastle disease, and psittacosis psittacosis I think yeah Which is also a disease that can affect people and we don't know how to pronounce. No, I I really
1: wonder what virulent Newcastle disease is as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It It sounds terrible. Yeah, do
1: you get it from drinking too much brown ale? Well, you get
0: something from that, but I don't know if it's (laughs) called virulent Newcastle disease. The Sun also stands accused of dying certain parrot species different colors in order to export them to countries which restrict the imports of some parrots but not others. In 2015 and 2016, he was caught at a trying to ship a consignment of painted birds to Taiwan, many of which were dead and dying. As far as I'm concerned, and we should lock this guy up and throw away the key. This is awful, yeah. Yeah, this guy's trash Yeah. and they should be stopped. We will be discussing the sexy, sexy Cita after this word from our sponsors. Did I write that or did you put that in there? No, you wrote, well... Uh, God damn it. You wrote that. the hell is wrong with me?
1: <laughs> if you appreciate our efforts to untangle international free trade agreements and give you the inside track on Kilt Nurse's underwear, why not sponsor us on Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you can keep help this podcast going, and to show our gratitude, we'll give you a shout-out and let you ask us a question. This week, we say a big Dutch news podcast hello to Cameron McKelvey, whose question is, I've been subscribing for a year now, and I don't know what ophef means. What is it?
0: Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's the only word in Dutch that you, should, <laughs> you need to know. First yeah. of all, Cameron, I'm assuming you copy and pasted this text from him, because it's ophef, yes. O-P-H-E-F, all one word, yeah. no, no dash in the middle. Yeah. Um, it means kind of The direct translation is sort of like Fuss or like yeah um, Disturbance Or like yeah, yeah uh, I don't know Yeah But literally Uproar yeah But it's, yeah. in Dutch it kind of has a very specific connotation Which literally sort of refers to People getting upset About something that's mostly irrelevant yeah. Predominantly on Twitter That has like a A tone of effervescence to it, meaning it goes away pretty quickly. It's
1: it's very ephemeral and the outrage is always disproportionate to the actual um, uh, the actual offense that has been caused. Yeah, it can't be, it's not a real
0: political scandal, it doesn't have real consequences for real people, it's just sort of one of these things. Sometimes it
1: can be like a spin-off from a real political scandal the classic one was about the um, uh the families who'd been falsely accused of uh, fraud defrauding child benefit, obviously a very serious story. There's a spin-off yeah. of that where when the um uh, the ministry released the papers of, uh, about it, it was all blanked out. So they sheets have yeah. black lines. And, and there was and many of, of those people about that. Yeah, yeah, many yeah. of those people took
0: pictures of this and posted yeah. it on Twitter <laughs> and then it sort of becomes a meme yeah. and, and then becomes it became a, pop- a big Twitter storm. The Twitter storm itself was the op That is the op-eph. even
1: though the story itself was quite substantial and serious. Yeah. That's yeah. so that's
0: that's yeah. sort that's what off half means. And yeah. it's by far, our m- most requested and listened to segment on the podcast. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's Shocker. Most,
1: Yeah, it's a, probably the most, it, it's a one Dutch word you really need going forward. It's if, true. If you're going to establish yourself, yeah. if you're going to try and follow the, the, the news in uh, the Netherlands.
0: and I, uh, I feel like, yeah, if you're going to follow the news in the Netherlands, yeah. all is the word you need. If you're going to yeah. not fail at the grocery store, mm-hmm. carna milk and knowing yeah. what that is, is the word you need. But if you haven't <laughs> figured that one out yet, Cameron, you know, good luck. Cameron. Yeah, you can milk. have the same experience that D- all of us have had yeah just buy a pack and just drink buy it. some and drink yeah. it and uh <laughs> send, y- if you do yeah, that yeah. send us an email podcast at dutchnews.nl we're, uh, we're we're interested to hear your send experience so send us a selfie
1: of the exact moment that you sip the carnivore yeah please video time. it
0: <laughs> <laughs> send it to
1: us yeah no we're really being terrible to Cameron now but uh thank you for your donation Cameron and uh, probably leave the carnivore alone is probably our, our best tip you um, can pick up some lavender strobe <laughs> waffles instead if don't, you don't, you want. don't consume those either <laughs> um yeah uh if you'd like to sponsor the dutch news podcast and keep up our stocks of coffee stroopwafels, and dog food for truby uh, which is the most important thing clearly head on over to patreon.com slash dutch news nl uh, i should say we should say as well that uh, we have done an opf of the year special um at the end of last year beginning of this year as well so if you really want to know about opf uh, then listen back to those yeah you can listen to yeah. opf
0: the year special and yeah. hear about all the best parts of the uh, political best and social Op-Ef discord the in the netherlands yeah In a tight vote on Tuesday, lawmakers in the Lower House of Dutch Parliament approved a free trade deal between the European Union and Canada, known as CETA or CETA, depending on, I don't know who you You talk to. You say CETA, I say CETA. That's about right, so it's the classic uh, (laughs) British-English, American-English debate. Yeah, let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) No, that's that's Brexit, Gordon. That's Brexit. The deal eliminates almost all customs duties and increases quotas for certain key products in each other's markets. The EU says it will save companies some 600 million euros a year in duties. In normal times, the Dutch green light for an EU free trade agreement would be taken for granted. But CETA was perilously close to being struck down. And it's unclear if it's going to pass the upper house of parliament. So let's talk CETA. What is it and how did we get here?
1: First of all, I suppose, what is CETA exactly? Sum it up.
0: It stands for the Comprehensive Economic and Trade Agreement, uh, or sort of unofficially, the Canada-Europe trade agreement yeah. um, it's a free trade agreement between Canada that is a country in North America mm-hmm. and the European Union negotiations over the trade agreement were concluded in August 2014 which wow. is a few years ago Some while ago, yeah. all 28 European Union member states approved the final text for signature um, Belgium being the final country to give its approval that's uh, a short move Belgium being last in the, the party yeah. yeah Justin Trudeau had to uh, Prime Minister of Canada had to travel to Brussels in uh, 2016 to sign off on behalf of Canada the European Parliament approved the deal in February 2016 17, but this agreement like a lot of trade agreements is subject to ratification by the EU and has to be ratified by all of the national legislatures which is why it was being debated in the Dutch Parliament
1: Right, okay and we mentioned uh, just then that Belgium were last to ratify and that was something to do with uh, the Court of Justice, right? It
0: did Yeah Yes, so glad you asked Our neighbors to the south Asked the EU's highest court For an opinion on the dispute mechanism So, one, for anybody not familiar With the Court of Justice This Mm -hmm. is a thing that national governments can do They can ask for the Court of Justice in Luxembourg To weigh in on whether or not things being passed are um, valid under uh, European Union law. Essentially, what is envisaged is the creation of a tribunal and an appellate tribunal, and in the longer term, a multilateral investment tribunal. Right. The aim is thus to establish a quote, investment court system or ICS, which is the acronym that people have been using just to make this as complicated as possible. Right. Belgium was concerned that such a tribunal would override the jurisdiction of the court of justice, which has universal jurisdiction over EU law. So it's the only body that can, like, you know, decide on things that have to do with EU law. The Luxembourg court said, eh, it's cool. An international agreement providing for the creation of a court responsible for the interpretation of its provisions and whose decisions are binding on the EU is in principle compatible with EU law, they wrote in their decision, which sounds like stuff that lawyers would say.
1: Yeah, all clear as mud. Basically. But the upshot is that uh, none of the courts or the lawyers are that concerned about this tribunal being established. No, basically not. Uh. But Dutch uh, MPs are.
0: Yeah, this was one of the topics of discussion. Um, Labor Party leader Lodewijk Asher said the dispute mechanism will allow multinationals to run roughshod over national governments. The SP tweeted, if you can choose for less power for multinationals, you do it, don't you? And that was directed at Margarita. The socialist party is of course not happy about this either. The dispute mechanism thing seems to be a bit of a debate. It's pretty common in trade agreements that they, like set up some sort of like arbitration thing for if yeah. there's a dispute. This one seems to be slightly different than some other ones, but it's like not sort of that far out there. It seems to
1: often be um, an assumption with these dispute um, resolution mechanisms that they will be used to the advantage of multinationals, but it often goes the other way. Yeah, you find of in, in practice, say even the European Union. For example, yeah, it was the EU that, for example, said to the mobile phone companies, you, you have to drop your roaming charges. Yeah. So they don't always get their own way in these... Uh,
0: and the Court of Justice cases. is not, not really a huge friend of big uh, yeah. multinationals. So the EU High Court sort of found that it doesn't affect the autonomy of the legal order of the European Union. That's their words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, arbitration tribunals do not have the power to challenge the choices made by states, in particular with regards to the protection of public order, health, and personal life. Uh, It will not interpret EU or member state law in a manner that is binding on EU courts or EU governments. So my sort of personal opinion is is that the institution that stands to lose the most power here is the court of justice. So if the court of justice thinks it's fine, it's probably fine. Uh, you can read the fascinating uh, p- opinion from the Court of Justice if you would like to. I did. And I, re- to I regret notes. everything.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so moving on from the, the whole uh, tribunal mechanism, what else is, is CETA designed to do?
0: It removes about 99% of customs duties. That leads to tariff savings for mm. EU exporters of around 470 million euros a year for industrial goods. It ends the limitation in access to public procurement, making it possible for EU firms to bid for public contracts in Canada. Um, that's at the federal. Level as well as in Canada's provinces, regions, and cities. It opens up the services market, making it easier for EU professionals to work in Canada. Canada also recognizes the special status of the EU's geographical indications. It agrees to protect a list of some 145 European goods in Canada, such as prosciutto and Lager Schinken? I don't know what that is. is. <laughs> Schwarzwälder Schinken. But I left Black, it in there because it's fun to say. Black Forest Ham. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so this is like champagne and like yeah, this kind of, kind
1: of stuff. Thing, yeah, so things, are, special labels. And of
0: course, chowder cheese. Yeah, chowder well cheese, that's also included yeah. in that. Yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. the
1: Canadians cannot make their own chowder cheese and call it chowder. No, you'd have yeah. to call it something else. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's making, Um. Uh, yeah, who, who's upset about it
0: then? Well, Gordon... Who do, you, who do you think is upset about it?
1: Well, I don't know. I sort of guess uh, that it would be um, a, a broad spectrum of opposition parties in the Dutch Parliament, from, uh, from
0: the S-P-A to the P-P-F-A. It is a broad <laughs> spectrum. It is every single opposition party <laughs> in Dutch Parliament. and um, Including, of course, uh, the P-P-A-D-A who negotiated it in yes. the first place. Yeah. Uh, sort of b- minor detail, right, <laughs> that they negotiated it and are now against it. And yeah. uh, there's one particular um, group of voters, group of, of upstanding citizens who right. have taken so up the mantle. special interest
1: group. Uh, are these people who uh, hang around on the Malieveld a lot and cause traffic?
0: That is correct. The farmers. The farmers are at it again. They have jumped on the anti-sea detractors, arguing it will allow hormone-pumped Canadian beef to flood the Dutch markets. Um, They've got selective amnesia about plofkip, apparently. They claim that it's unfair competition because their Canadian counterparts have lower animal welfare standards and lower costs. Other MPs argued that the deal will erode uh, food safety standards.
1: Yeah, so food safety is uh, is one concern. There's a lots I mean lots of talk about things like chlor- chlorinated chicken making yeah. its way via Canada to the European Union. Yeah, or the treatment yeah. of
0: cows in Canada and and some other things like this.
1: Yeah, so but, but it would I suppose uh, and CETA would make it easier for this stuff to be imported. Yeah, but um, the again- Financial
0: Times did an estimate that said even under this even under CETA something like only like forty percent of Canadian farmers would have access to the European market. That has to do with like other sort of like trade restrictions and that kinds of stuff. So, so it's a little unclear, like how valid the complaint is from the farmers. But you know, the European Union doesn't really love it likes to protect its it standards. It likes to protect its yeah. standards. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, so CETA in, in on the face of it would impinge on that. Because yes, they, it would make it easier for Canadian meat to get get access to the European market. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Okay.
0: So, do you want to know what else has made CETA controversial?
1: I don't know. Um, has it uh, cost Dick lawyer's
0: job yet? Or is the Brexit Muppet suit being, being, being banned? Gordon, what was this word that you were limited from saying the other week when I was here on the podcast? Oh, the election
1: word. Election. Yeah. Election,
0: yes. Yeah, it's like the perfect storm of rising anti-globalist sentiment, mm-hmm. climate concerns, and opposition parties who have taken over seat as they scramble to find something to bitch about ahead of national elections next year. It united literally all of the opposition parties, which is quite impressive, yeah. as we mentioned. yeah. Uh, it sort of created this weird situation where the anti-immigration PVV yeah. and the, uh, the Kroon Link. Links yeah. were like all hanging out together, like discussing yeah. their hatred of free trade agreements, which yeah, was sort it, of uh, entertaining. And it's kind of funny. Yeah,
1: everyone's got their own concerns. It's so a Pevea and form uh, Pevea have lined up behind the farmers, and yep. they're taking their side. Krohn uh, Links are worried about in- environmental uh, impact. Yep. Uh, Animal rights party, of course, worried uh, about the know, animals. Don't like the the meat coming in. Uh, so yes, yeah, so everyone's got. Their own SP
0: thinks it gives too much power to multinationals. Yeah, that also definitely. seems to. To be a bit of a labour yeah. concerns for yeah. the uh, for the Labour Party, even yeah. though they negotiated the deal in the first place. Yeah.
1: And of course, you have to mention Form for democracy because um, it's our favourite. Do favorite. we have
0: to? Well, we do really because uh, Terry Bode
1: asked for four hours yes. speaking time during the debate. I mean, four hours.
0: I guess if anybody was going to talk <laughs> for four hours, it would be Cherry Bode. Who didn't? Who? But he didn't. Thank, <laughs> thank Christ, because I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of people complained as well
1: about the quality of the debate in yeah. the Parliament was not up to the standards they expected of a Dutch debate. There wasn't much facts in it and a lot no. of emotion a lot of kind of appeals to you know, a fair bit of what I think you have to call scaremongering. Yeah. Um,
0: I think there's a lot of a lot of reason for that um yeah. and the the reason for that is is that most of the agreement has already been provisionally applied <laughs> yeah. something like 98% of the pre-existing tariffs have already been removed yeah. so we've been arguing about this endlessly even though it's been mostly implemented yeah. there's not there's not a lot of facts t- to debate per se yeah. the, the the decision has already been made the hype about this has mostly seems to be a kind of a political sort of grab forth having something to complain yeah, about. yeah and
1: it's, it's kind of symbolic isn't it there's a lot of talk about sovereignty yeah. and negotiating away um your democratic rights and uh yeah people who don't um yeah and all that kind of thing yeah so it, it, it seems to fall into you know um, a pattern that uh, we saw with the referendum on Ukraine, where the, the same kind of arguments are yeah. brought out about, you know, if that we're effectively giving over our decision-making abilities to the European Union, and uh, we shouldn't do that. I mean, I think there's definitely been a spectre of Nexit hanging about uh, this, yeah, you know, because all even this though, kinds of stuff. even though there's no sign in opinion polls that there's a mass of support for Nexit. No well, way, I so mean, since the up, Brexit thing has been going yeah. so
0: well, I do <laughs> understand why people keep discussing Nexit. Yeah. yeah, it's been kind of interesting because you know the Dutch and Canada have this sort of. A long history of like friendly Relations and like a fairly close relationship yeah. So I-, I think it just sort of goes To show that people kind of picked up on this for Reasons that don't really have A lot to do with like actual concerns About sort of the parameters Of the trade agreement and have much more To do with like sort of political concerns yeah. What I thought was sort of interesting is the debate About it on I think Tuesday Lasted kind of late into the evening and was both Described in the papers the next day as being Overly emotional and boring Which yeah. sort of you know I think some. <laughs> up kind yeah, of everything it, we're talking totally about yeah.
1: it, it was quite low on substance and of course it did go on into the next day and eventually the the, the, the vote was on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, and it did... And it passed. It, it did pass. It did pass. Narrowly. So was, narrowly. Um, with the the other party of course we should mention briefly in this is the Christian nuni who yes. were in the coalition but had grave reservations about the Seta Treaty. Yes. Which eventually they overcame. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, for reasons that's not clear to me because I don't <laughs> recall anything Jesus saying anything in the Bible no. about being opposed to free trade.
1: Yeah. Or, or, or about uh, uh, no um, oh, about walking across the um, the ocean carrying a cartload of beef. Yeah, yeah.
0: He, he, he didn't have anything to say about <laughs> antibiotic usage in yeah. cattle farming. Yeah.
1: But anyway, eventually, Christian Union voted for it, and that means it passed, it passed. the lower house, the Dutch parliament. Yes. What happens
0: next? Uh, the Dutch Senate still has to approve it. Um, yeah. Ritz's coalition does not have a majority, uh, so it's a bit of a question as to yeah. whether or not they only have uh, 32 of the 38 seats, yeah. I think, right now to yeah, get so this through. They're going to find. So, so so they have not, to drum up six, seven votes. Yeah, they're yeah.
1: going to have to find uh, support from the opposition party somewhere. It's yeah. interesting because, as you say, all the opposition parties are lined up against it. Yeah, so it'll yeah. be
0: curious to see what happens. Um, yeah. Though... I think there's a lot of pressure of the, because all this this treaty has to be approved by all of the national parliaments, and yeah. so it's a lot of pressure on the Dutch to like not be like the one holdout. Exactly. Yeah. The Senate is expected to debate the measure next month.
1: So that could be potentially a very interesting debate. And yeah, sure. I don't have anything else going on in from, March, so why no, not go cover it? Exactly. A, a, no, there's, a, there's no big um, trials. There's nothing. Of, no know, trials. Um, no
0: Russian yeah. trolls. No. <laughs> Yeah. No, none of that going on in March no. to have to worry about.
1: Good, so you, 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 your agenda is completely clear to constitute the totally debate. Totally clear.
0: I've never had such an empty, uh, <laughs> empty agenda.
1: <laughs> um, there are echoes here again, of course, the, of the Ukraine referendum yeah. because uh, that was another argument that uh, we're going to put forward. We can't stand out as the one country that goes against the thing that... Yeah. We, you know it'll, embar- it'll be embarrassing for us yeah. if we suddenly turn around, having ratified it in principle to say, actually, no. Yeah,
0: we, we Yeah, and it, it seems... It's. This is just like a... A bad look to, st- For you to stick your neck out on As a country Like there's not yeah. really a reason To be mad at Canada I mean there's these sort of Like little things That you can kind of eat Around the edges at But like yeah you know you can put maybe put some pressure on on Canadian farmers to change like their growing practices like I don't think that this is that and I'm a you know a fairly pro animal rights kind of person but I don't know I don't think that this is that big of a deal especially since as I keep emphasizing because people keep forgetting most of the provisions of this have been like 98% of this treaty has been in effect for the previous three years since 2017 and like you know the sky is not falling like it it all seems fine so I think this is not really a great look to kind of, yeah, it's, it's a, it was very political maneuvering, I think, on behalf of the opposition party. I sort of understand why, if you are in particular opposed to sort of neoliberalism and kind of free trade and these yeah. sorts of things, that you would want to take a stand against it as an opposition party. You know, much like everything else with Mark Rota, it seems to just sort of have bounced off of him. I mean, we all yeah. know that he is, in fact, made out of Teflon, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, he will. Knowing Rutter he will find a way to navigate this through the center. Just because, totally um, fine. That's what yeah, he does. I um, suspect that's, that's that. exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we will we'll, we'll see what uh, what comes to pass. Uh, and of course, the the other thing about uh, CETA is that it has been held up uh, as a kind of very much a blueprint um, by another country that uh, until very recently was in the European Union. Yeah, and then and has now decided has to, to make its own uh, uh, yeah. free trade agreement, and it's said that CETA is is a great example. It's so, great of course, example. if CETA were to get knocked back, that would have uh, quite uh, there would be a real spanner in the works for Boris Johnson in yeah, Brexit. I yeah, I do
0: think that that will be interesting because yeah. you know most people like Canada like a whole lot. There's not a ton of animosity. Towards Canada yeah. and the European Union, uh, the UK to... <laughs> does not have that. Uh, does yeah. is not in that situation. Yeah. So we will be sort of curious to kind of see uh, exactly kind of what happens with their their free trade stuff, which the UK is set to start negotiating also in March. Yes. Um, because there's really nothing else going on. In March, it's, it's, it's so an why not? Empty, barren it's month. so it's yeah. such an empty barren month. Yeah. But we will um we'll update the listeners when you know something else happens when yes. the Senate debates. I'm sure it'll be yeah. fun.
1: We'll, we'll keep you posted. Looking, Looking forward, forward to. to it. It.
0: That's all that we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. If you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. You can also now back us on Patreon at patreon.com dutchnews.nl. You'll earn yourself a free shout out. My thanks to Gordon Derrick and not to Paul Pater's because he's not Either here. Her. I'm Molly Quell. We'll be back next week.